Welcome back for our way too delayed second episode of Pods for Peds, the official podcast of Enzo and Me Pediatric Cancer Foundation. Joining us for episode two are good friends of ours who happen to live about five minutes away and ironically started their pediatric cancer journey on the same night as our family, with both of us waiting in the emergency room at the same time and none of us expecting to hear the news we would soon hear or knowing the horrific ride we'd all be going through. The Nemsic family are our very special guests, and we're so thankful for their time and apologize profusely for the delay in this episode's release. We hope you enjoy episode two of Pods for Peds as we sit with Vanessa and Brandon and with a special guest appearance from the superhero himself, Brody, and his super supportive sister, Maddie, to discuss the tumultuous and terrifying journey parents face while navigating diagnosis, treatment, and post-treatment life of their pediatric cancer superhero. So welcome back for episode two of Pods for Peds, the official podcast for Enzome Pediatric Cancer Foundation. Today, we are very blessed to have another pediatric cancer family with us, another pediatric cancer superhero, um, the Nemstick family. Thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Um, we really appreciate you guys taking your time in the evening to have this conversation with us. Um, obviously, we talked a little bit about this before the podcast of how difficult it can be to walk down memory lane with some of this stuff, but um, we're providing some of this information for people who haven't been through it, who are trying to learn a little bit more about it, or who will go through this in the, in the future is really what the podcast is designed to do. So we appreciate your guys' input, your story, um, and all the information that you can provide. So thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks of for course. having us. So I guess we should preface it by saying that uh, we met in one of the worst ways possible. Um, both of our sons were admitted to the hospital the same evening, same day, same 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 evening, about a half hour. I saw I think, you yeah, guys, we were in the triage and I saw you guys come up to the window. So yeah, um, and then we spent the next several months um, as unfortunate roommates uh, on a hospital floor. Um, so it's nice to see you guys, you know, we're showered, um, hair yeah. is like, yeah. you know, we look a little different. I don't know if you recognize me, um, <laughs> you know, it's me, um, the voice is the same. Um, but yeah, so we met in that way, um, both of our sons coming into, uh, children's hospital with nagging symptoms and a lot of lot of trips to the other doctors pediatricians that turned out with no answers and uh you know i will talk about you specifically we went in kind of blind that night i think it might have been a little different with you but you know we'll just definitely dive um right into that and i guess uh we could start with just for an over uh just an overview what was brody's what is brody's was brody's diagnosis your son um, so he was diagnosed with diffuse B cell uh, lymphoma. He was a stage four based on um, just how many locations it was. And he did have it in his, um, in his bone marrow as well. So mm -hmm. that bumped him from a three to a four. Right. Because with lymphoma, it's all the staging is 
a little different than with other um, cancers as we learn how the ENZO. So ENZO has yeah. the same, basically very similar diagnosis. Burkitt lymphoma, um, stage three was not in the marrow, um, but both non-Hodgkin's and same yep. cells yeah. affected. Yeah. Um, so I guess we'll just jump in. So what were the Brody symptoms, you know, leading up to that August day? What, what, and how long? So looking back now, um, I, I kind of traced it as far back as June. He started getting just random fevers um, and not feeling well at preschool. They would call me like once a week just saying Brody's really tired. He's like taking a nap in the corner. He doesn't feel good. We'd pick him up a lot. Um, I just thought it was night sweats. He had night yeah, sweats. Yeah, he was getting night sweats. Yeah. Um, then he started having an issue with. He had a problem um, going, going to, to the, the bathroom, bathroom. Um, and they just kept telling us he was uh, constipated and just kind of kept brushing it off. Um, when I took him to the doctor, because he had a hard time peeing one day. He, yeah, he had to pee. He was going like probably five, six times an hour. So they said it was soap that irritated him, but looking bath. back now, it was definitely because his kidneys were so taken over by tumors. Mm -hmm. And were all of these things happening around the same time? Like he was getting the night sweats, he was having yeah. issues with yeah. stuffy yeah. nose. Okay. It was, his nose he was running a lot and we kept wondering like, well, he doesn't like have a cold, but it yeah, yeah it's a lot of clear, you know, just a runny nose like all the time. And it was kind of just, it was all fishy, you know? Yeah, and then he got a real swollen belly, like, he almost looked like emaciated, like it didn't match the rest. Not like a chubby belly, but just, just like a just real bloated, like suspended. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, and and then he uh, near the end, the last two weeks, he was complaining of stomach pain at night, really bad. He would wake up and cry all night that his stomach hurt. And we come to find out he had such severe pancreatitis from the blockage from the tumors. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. All right. And all the chaos of being there all those months, I don't think we never, you know, you don't have a chance to just sit down and talk about it. Um, so yeah, I'm, learning, just, I'm learning things um, right now. Um, so you said he was tired. So did, when did you go, when was the first time you took him to the pediatrician? June. I took him with the fevers multiple yeah, times. And the runny nose too. And the nose. And then for the peeing thing, we and brought him, took him in. Took him to the ER for the, took him to the constipation ER. and stomach pain and they brushed it off. Uh, her mom even asked one of the, the people there and they're like, oh no, that's not possible. He's just plugged up. More Miralax, more Miralax. Yeah, they so had us giving him enemas. It was insane. Just so much, just for the constipation and, he, you know, he'd be on the toilet just crying. Did he, did they do any sort of imaging at the ER at all? No, they did x-rays. Oh, I'm sorry. They yeah, did. they did x-rays and you could see that he was all blocked up, but he was all blocked up because the tumors were blocking him from being able to One process. of the tumors was laying on his bile duct, if I'm saying that right, yeah, and yeah. it caused his digestion system to shut down. And then that was what led to the constipation and then the jaundice, um, yeah, he had severe And then after multiple visits and, you know, demands, I met with her after work and we went and um, talked to the doctor. And then that night we had to rush into the hospital. Yeah, they did blood work at um, Santa Ramon Regional. And then they called us that night at like 1030. 
and said you need to take them to children's like right now. So, okay. but at that point, we just thought it was a GI thing. Mm -hmm. There was no, um, they never, there was nothing in terms of like cancer yeah, at that point. Nobody had mentioned anything like It was that. just, we thought maybe it was his gallbladder or something, but. Now it's uh, worth mentioning Brody was four, correct? Yeah. When he was diagnosed and was a typically healthy child leading up. Yeah. To, so all of these things were brand new, you know, and, and doctor, and how long had you been with your pediatrician? We will not name names on here. He was born. Okay. She so, was, yeah, his assigned pediatrician from birth, yeah. So you have a child from for four years that has never had not any one of these symptoms, let alone all at the same time. Right. And you keep getting brushed off. Yep. And they made a GI appointment, but it was like a month out. Yeah. So I was like, we can't wait any longer yeah, like something is wrong right and we yeah. need to know what's wrong and when they did the imaging so they just imaged his intestines so there was nothing they just did his bowels and it was just the x-ray and I looked at it too and um I think since he was so backed up and I don't know if you would even have seen the tumors but there was no they couldn't see anything they didn't yeah, nothing discover raised that. Any flags to them yeah it right. wasn't until we went to children's that with the MRIs and the CT scans. Yeah. Okay, but the blood work, so then you had blood work though, and yeah. because of the bone marrow involvement, I'm guessing the blood work was off? So the blood work came back off that because night. Of his liver that we had, um, Yeah, because of his liver functions and oh. other things. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, I jumped ahead. But <laughs> that night after the ER visit, that's when we got the call, because yeah. we had had um, stool test, right? Didn't they check his stool? Um, I think at so. children's at children's did. but anyhow they had done all the tests at the, at the er here and um like two hours later three hours later we had gotten that call and then that's when we went to children's and then they did some more tests and then i think the next day they did um the mri if i'm not mistaken yeah we were there for like two nights before they, they got the mri together. going and they really they were treating him as a gi case mm -hmm. at children's yeah, initially, initially, oh. until they did the MRI. But I think that they, they put us on the fifth floor right away. So I, I don't think that they wanted to really go down that road with us yet, but they might have had uh, some, you know, suspicion or whatever. But it's also the surgical floor. They kept so. telling us we were one of the surgical patients, but I do remember the second the doors opened and I saw the oncology and I remember saying to him, something's not right yeah. this is not just going to be a, a quick like one right. night have a procedure get out of here like I, something's not i think it's one of the most frustrating things that we've seen and, and you know one of the obviously one of the reasons that we've had the mission we have of, of kind of the awareness aspect is you know every single family that we talk to has a similar story every mm -hmm. single one and you know we thought we were this unique case where our pediatrician is ignoring the things that we're telling him. We're telling him our son was totally normal and healthy and not showing these symptoms before. It doesn't make sense. It's not him. We're just saying, right, right. this isn't our son. And they're just brushing it off, brushing it off, brushing it off. And, you know, even for us, like, you know, Enzo's symptoms were fairly weird. He, you know, he had the stuffiness. It could have been explained by swollen, by, by swollen adenoids, you know, tonsils eventually. 
Uh, but the sinus infection was kind of weird, but it was all fairly much one symptom outside of the weight loss for him. But for you guys to have so many different symptoms coming about and still have that. And if you Googled it, he checkmarked lymphoma. That's that's the hardest thing is looking back because right away, you know, the first thing you do you start you going, on, you get on Google. that phone and you start going on the internet After and Google. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And then I started connecting and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, yeah. how are we, how have we not been here earlier? Like, yeah. why is it just now? Yeah. I don't know. That was for me the hardest thing. Um, of course. And I think it's natural. I think it's natural to, to go back and hindsight's 2020, right? Yeah. Always. I mean, it's, it's but always... when you, but you as a parent, you know, your child. And right. you would think, like I said earlier, for the pediatrician who has known him his whole life, if he's always been pretty healthy, now all of a sudden all these things are happening at once. Why, you know, you, it, there's frustration with, you know, you shouldn't be reading x-rays, you're not a doctor. They should be, you know, the, it was the same thing for me. You know, oh, I didn't, I should have taken him in earlier. I should have done this. Yeah. I did take him. I kept taking yeah. him. And the thing I, is that you don't want anything to be wrong with your child. Right. So right. the minute and they're I like, it, it's this benign thing. You're like, okay, great. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, okay, I great. Think, I think so, and for a lot of the doctors and everything, I think they don't want anything to be wrong with your child either. Right? And, and I understand that. And I, and I appreciate that. But at the same time, like even that first appointment that I took him to by myself uh, when he was having trouble peeing um, and the doctor, you know, he was a, seasoned doctor you know that saw him and and everything was cool and it is explanation made sense you know and but then always looking back i i you know you start blaming yourself like no i should have pushed a little harder because that wasn't any that was totally out of the ordinary for him right. and you know yeah. i think but you're not the doctor no. again well, exactly yeah, no i know and that's why you really now. have to you have to I don't know. You know, you got to remember, you know, I mean, coming from, because I had that same feeling, you know, I'm in healthcare. I I screen people for cancer all day long, every single day. And Enzo showed red flags and I brought it up with the doctor and he dismissed it and I let it get dismissed. And so no matter who you are, no matter what you do, you want your kid to be healthy. You want, you want that. You want to hear that it's okay and you are willing to take it. And it's unfortunate, but it just is parenting. And it's not our job as parents to be able to say, this doesn't add up when you're combining that together. It's not this diagnosis. It's, it's got to be this diagnosis, run this test. That's not our job. We got, right. we got right. and you want to trust it. the doctor. Yeah. yeah. You really want to trust them. hundred percent. Our so. doctor was insulting to me, just absolutely straight up insulting. I was hysterical. I, I flat out asked him if this could be, I never, I, I couldn't even bring myself to say the word. Yeah. He knew what I was saying and yeah. he dismissed me time and time again. Like I was just hysterical. He was annoyed with me. My phone calls. One time I got off the phone with him and I started crying and I'm not usually one like I, I, that's not typical for me. And I just started crying and it's, it's, it's wildly frustrating. It's not, um, it's not uncommon once you get in there as our oncologist told us, you know, it's just so, it's so it is, it is not likely when you see these children that this is what it is. And so doctors don't want to jump to that conclusion, but at the same time, it obviously does happen and they've got to be open as simple for Enzo. It would have been a simple image. Imaging, yeah. it, was, it was June yeah, for us too. too. It was June yeah. for us too. Yeah. A simple image. And it would have yeah. been, it would have been two months earlier. He would, you know, that's our story. I, that's what I, I wonder. Different, but yeah. blood, blood tests, you know. I know. And you, 
I, I mean, you could have brought us, you know, maybe in jumped it, jump started the treatment and everything yeah. sooner, and things wouldn't have progressed to what they did, you know. Yeah. Because um, we even had to go to UCSF to have a stent put in in his bile duct, yeah. and that set us back another week of chemo uh, before chemo. treatment because we had to go there, and then that was really odd because we were the only ones over there in this like ghost town hospital. Uh, because it was such a one-off thing and such a rush, which which I appreciate. I'm I'm not complaining, but it yeah. was like it really kind of started to sink in the severity of the of the situation. Yeah. You know, when it's just us two, Brody, and there was not a single and, person, and a doctor, in you know. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is this just doesn't. You know what I mean? Then I started getting really uh, freaked out. You know, of course. Yeah, the whole thing is out of it's kind of an out of body experience. Yeah, yeah, it's surreal. It's just it's it's surreal um that would lead right into um just the emotional toll but maybe we should just talk about before we do that <laughs> so you go to children's and you go to uh, oakland you go to san francisco children's you get the stent you come back to cho and then you start chemo yeah um if you could just share a little bit for people who are watching who have Luckily, never been in the situation. A little bit about what that was like for Brody, especially and for you guys as his parents. You know, the I don't know because it maybe it's because he was four or he just has like an outlook on life that is so innocent. Um, he never complained about it. He wanted. He asked when he was going to get to go home and when he could eat. He didn't get to eat for like nine days straight because they had to get his pancreas settled down um that i think made him bothered him the most he wanted to just eat food right and then i don't know though because when i was one-on-one -on -one with him i mean he'd ask me dad am i gonna die um you know, and and you know Oh. Enzo never asked that question. I mean, he asked me that a couple times. Yeah, oh, looking out the window, asking me if we're ever gonna get to go fishing again, and I mean. Hard. And I, you know, I can't even imagine just as a dad. I mean, I mean how do you answer that question? Yeah. Well, that's pretty perceptive because Enzo, he he still has never connected those dots, and we're very that's a good why thing. I just closed the door. I we very, tried real hard to keep that one out, but it's nothing that it, it just he for whatever reason he never connected those dots. So I'm so sorry that I I I don't even yeah. know. He never I, said that to me, but I mean, I guess well, kind of transitioning to that a little bit one of the questions that I had since we're kind of talking about it right dad to dad you know going through this there's a lot of juggling that goes on right I always felt like I had to like I was the strong one right like I'm the, the one that's supposed to hold everything together right and you know you, you think you're gonna be let's 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 back up <laughs> let's face that for people watching right. in our right. relationship outside of gender right. i am the more emotional one right. Right. i am the more sensitive one i am the more outward i'm 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 the this one and dan is the this the, one the <laughs> so it's good it's a good balance yeah. so uh, so continue so you, think you're gonna, you know you're gonna be like that in a situation <laughs> like this right and obviously for whatever when you're a parent I think you go through that process of going in your head if something was to happen how would I respond to that right unfortunately sometimes you find out and you know for me the minute I heard the diagnosis I started crying right like yeah, I yeah absolutely myself I couldn't yeah. get words out I couldn't 
I had no idea what to say. I, I couldn't talk. And I was in shock and didn't say anything, did not cry, did not do anything yeah. for at least 15 to 20 minutes. Like I yeah. just, I was just, just numb. And yeah, yeah. I, I just, I remember sitting in the little room, like shaking. Just, yeah. Like, what do you do? Yeah. Well, then after the 20 minutes, then I haven't stopped crying for a year. <laughs> um, you know, but yeah. It, it, and I just push it down deep and pretend it doesn't exist. Uh, now we're back to our normal, yeah, um, <laughs> we're back to our normal dynamic, um, short lived, but yeah. But as a, as a dad, you know, my question for you is how did you balance that? How did you balance what you were dealing with emotionally with Brody and then also trying to support, you know, your, the rest of your family? Cause that's, that's so Cause you hard. have a, you, you guys have a daughter, have a daughter. who was yeah. Eight, yeah. eight years old at the time. She's, uh, she was, she had just turned seven. Oh, sorry. Okay. It, well, yes. she was six because we oh, missed yeah, her birthday. Okay. Yeah, she was six at the time, and we missed her first day of school. We missed her seventh birthday. Um, so yeah. that was very hard. Um, luckily, our parents stepped in and yeah. had a birthday party for her here at the house, even though we were at the hospital, to try and make it somewhat normal for her. Yeah. Um, I just remember, you know, whenever I was in front of Brody, I would always try and make, make something, him make him laugh, do whatever I could to just, you know, keep attention elsewhere. Um, yeah. And, you know, just talk about, oh, hey, when we're done with all this stuff, we're going to be doing, we'll be fishing in no time. We'll be, you know, riding dirt bikes, whatever you want to do, man, you know. Yeah. Um, but then behind closed doors, that's when I had my time to really just take it all in. Well, and then Brandon had to go back to work after yeah. two weeks. Uh, that was my other question. I don't, you know, I was very, very fortunate to, you know, I worked for UCSF. I worked for UCSF, and so for me, my my company was extremely good about saying, take the time you need. And luckily, financially, we were able to do it. And I know that there's not a lot of families that can do that, where both parents can be there. You guys are juggling, and we have one work, child, and we have one child. You guys have to take care of another child and go to work. I mean, I, I can you talk a little bit about what that was like on a day? Um, it was really hard. You yeah. know, um, at work, sometimes I would just need to go be in a quiet place for a little bit. Uh, luckily, everybody knew what was going on. I was very open about it. Um, uh, you know, so I would just take time sometimes at work and just, you know, go do little projects or whatever by myself um, and just kind of decompress and try and, you know, digest everything or what process, however you want to put it. Um, but it was it was a struggle for sure. And then course some people would want to talk to me about it and which was everybody you know was very you know concerned and, and wanting to help however they could and then sometimes I, I just couldn't even really talk about it and I'd have to just walk away and it, not rude but just you know like I I gotta go <laughs> I'm sorry yeah, yeah. yeah just out. Um, and it was um yeah it was really really hard I think it's probably the hardest thing I've done how was Absolutely. how was the experience of not being able to be at the hospital every day? That was Friday? really really hard. Um, you know, so I would just I'd leave work, jump on my motorcycle, and head straight out there and hang out as late as I could, and then come home and then get up and take care of the animals. Take care of the animals, and then 
go to work and, you know, and I'd ask during the day, what does Brody want me to bring him? Does he want chicken nuggets? What, what kind of food, you know? Yeah. Cause the steroids. Yeah. Cause was on, yeah. I remember hearing Brody. He was next to us when we first got there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we like, heard Brody. That was, that was our first. Steroids for yeah. Sure, yeah. He didn't, um, I, mean, I don't I, think he cried ever. He got raised so angry. Yeah, from being there. He well, would get so, so mad. Part of treatment that people might not understand is a high level of prednisone um, yeah, yeah. To, right, to shrink the tumors kind of when you first start in the process. or. Was it, was it just at the beginning? It's kind of, it can get, it was, um, there's be like a week on, couple okay. weeks off. They right. kind of like try and they, mess with the cancer. Yeah. How they, they described throw it. it with, throw it off. Yeah. Okay. Staggering it. Okay. Throw the throw a curveball, throw a fastball. Yeah. yeah. So as a steroid does, it makes you angry. Uh, angry. <laughs> it makes angry you hungry. Angry. And then on top of it, these poor kids have to have procedures done. Where they're not able to eat yeah and so they're dealing with these things and then they can't eat and yeah. they are are both of our sons were four and they don't understand it would be hard when you do understand and you really do have a better understanding of the whole the big picture of what's going on but when they don't understand um that was yeah. that was one of the hardest uh, for enzo as well that was i think when he would get um the most upset um, because yes, four-year-olds are amazing creatures. And if it's the innocence, if it's just a strength that we somehow lose as we get older, whatever it is, um, that when you're on, when you're around those kids in this situation, it is absolutely inspiring how strong they are and how they don't complain. And I mean, yes, maybe if they're hungry and they're on, on major high level of prednisone and their body's yeah. going crazy, but in a normal, outside of the prednisone, they just don't complain. Who wouldn't yeah. want dino nuggets when they're on high doses? <laughs> I know. One in the morning, I'm in like the little kitchenette yeah. heating up his nuggets and then I the nurse. that's where I saw you most of the time. That is where we were. <laughs> yep. On the that's hospital Yeah. When we came in, uh that night they they gave us or the next day they gave us the tour because you end up you're living there for weeks at a yeah. time and because i think maybe i don't know if, you know with adult cancers uh usually chemo is outpatient right when you think of chemo you go in and you get you know you get your infusion and then you go home well with kids it's hey there he is <laughs> that's all right that's the man of the hour hey brody what you got there is that a head it's, scratcher? It is, yeah. You know the one. Is that, that the memory eraser <laughs> that we were talking about? <laughs> that looks yeah. like it feels good. Oh, he likes to go through um, drawers in the house, and then he finds stuff, and everything is. Can I keep this? Can I have this? Yeah. I'm like, this sure. Is mine now. <laughs> if it makes you happy, then go for it. Totally right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Anyways, you end up living you end up living there. And so there's a little kitchen and there's a little waiting area, but then everything else is just a room. So you end up passing by the other families in the hallways and such. And that's how we got to know each other. Um, yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kind of. So how did your daughter deal with this? Because I think that's a big, that's, that's something we didn't deal with. And I think sibling. she still um, has some like, I mean, I don't know if PTSD, maybe yes. I was diagnosed with PTSD from all this. And I feel like yes. she has symptoms of it where, um, since we had to leave literally in the middle of the night, she was asleep and woke up and we were gone. Obviously grandma was here. So she was never left by herself, but she doesn't realize that. So she would be afraid 
She wouldn't sleep by herself. She wouldn't sleep in her room. Um, she was afraid to be left alone to the point where if I was like pumping gas, she was afraid to be in the car by herself while I'm standing right next to that. And she still is like that. If Brody's in I mean, the car with her, she's okay. But you have to roll the window down so she can literally just, you can like touch her. She, um, she was always a little nervous kind of like before all this, but this really drove that home. Um, yeah. Luckily, you know, we had neighbors that would walk to school with her and like my, our parents and whoever was taking her to school and, and then the other kids and everybody just kind of would, it's okay, yeah. no big deal. You know, she'd get real stressed out. She but cried she every would, single day at drop-off. It took her the entire school year to not cry 15 times to earn horseback riding lessons. That was our goal was to not cry at drop-off and it took months and months. Because people yeah. don't think about that, you know, I think it's, and that's something that, again, we didn't deal with, um, but I was kind of aware with watching you and some of the other families that either had kids at home, you know, families that didn't live nearby. We were lucky that we lived within a reasonable driving distance from the hospital. Yeah. But families that were further away, that there were other kids and juggling the kids and how the other siblings, you know, how they were dealing with it emotionally, because it's, it, it, the whole situation is completely out of, I think anyone's comprehension and then yeah. on children and then for the child that isn't there going through it, you right. feel happy. I mean, you know, I'm good for her, but she's you. also suffering in a different way. Than, yeah. yeah. When she would come to the hospital and visit, it'd be extra hard. Um, and then when she it was time for her to leave with whoever, or if I wasn't yeah. going home with her or if she wasn't going home with her, it would, yeah, it was, it, she, every, every time it would be a, big cry fest you know and yeah. then Brody would have a hard time and it was just it wasn't that it, we, at the at that point it was like we didn't not want her to come to visit her brother but it was like it, it was so hard yeah. Yeah. It, it just it was a total yeah there's no it, there's no good option, yeah, exactly right? there's no good answer yeah. there's no good right. option it's just everything's bad it's just it's yeah. contrasting bad situations yeah right you have to figure out what the best worst situation exactly yeah and the lesser of the two evils i guess leave her exactly. at home or yeah her. so well, she was a make... couple good times you know like that where they play and play, play and then leave okay but it was it would like okay when it's time to go no big you really have to massage the situation yeah. i mean obviously but like, and i think she got um jealous which is weird but just from the, all, the all the attention that he was there. getting and the toys and yeah. she would always remind us that um Brody's cancer is hard on her too and, it and is. so we had to remember like it's not just about him like obviously his health at that time was our number one but her mental health was hurting too so we had to try and she got we got her help at school there was counseling yeah. and and um yeah she had like a therapist that mm -hmm. she worked with so. did they did they address that at all at at oakland i mean obviously their their job is to make brody better that's what they right. do but was there any support otherwise for her they um i'm sure if i had requested it but the school here uh, at walt disney and i know at like all the schools in our in this district um they have really good resources so the teachers would um reach out and like kind of give me updates on her and then i um inquired about uh, the rainbow room 
and then they had uh, an on-site counselor too. So we got her in that program pretty much right away since school was just starting. She was starting first grade. It was the first we, day of school, right? That we are the night before yep, the first the day night of school before. that we all showed yep. up. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So the timing, not that there's ever good timing, but we missed a lot of big milestones for her. And I think that just added to it. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, it's sibling, sibling issues with siblings. I'm an only child as well, so but I can only imagine like there's sibling just issues that are normal, and then you put this situation on top, and it's just completely out of control. Yeah. Where everybody's reeling, and nobody. I mean, it's just, it, and you can't prepare. There's no like, okay, no. what's no. gonna happen? You guys have a month to prepare to get all your affairs in order and figure yeah. everything out, and then we'll go ahead and we'll start this process. It's, it's just no. Yeah. Especially with the lack of um, the early intervention. By yeah, no, at that point it was, um, it was life or death for him with his pancreatitis getting so bad. If we had waited another day or two, I don't know if he would have made it. And it's not because of the cancer, but because of the other. The secondary. The set, yeah. And so it was the same. They told me that. So it was a good thing that we all showed up, the showed up that night yeah. that we did. Uh, Enzo ended up in the ICU because he couldn't breathe coming out of anesthesia after he had his port put in. So oh. his tumor had grown so big it was blocking his airway. So I didn't realize that. They had to uh, intubate him in the ICU in an emergency situation and told us uh, it's going to take 10 minutes and we're going to do our best. Oh and my god. They had to they kicked us out of the ICU. And oh so, my god. We had to wait for 10 minutes, not knowing if they were successful, what was going on. Um, and so, oh. yeah, it's, it's, it's the worst thing that someone can tell you, right? Mm -hmm. It's almost, it was one of those things for me. And, it's the second I, worst. Well, yeah, second, second worst. Second worst, yes. Second worst. Um, and we were reminded of that at the ICU waiting room by another by parent mother. that was in there that, that their child wasn't there anymore. So yeah. we were reminded that it was the second the worst, but... It's up there. It's, um, yeah. it, it, it's, 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 it's it. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's it. And I, I struggle with that. I, you know, obviously, you know, kind of talking about the emotional component of it and the emotional toll that it takes on you guys and on Brody, right? And, um, and the daughter. And, and on your daughter, 100%. Yeah. And I talked about that with the school stuff. You know, I know that I, I have flashbacks constantly right? Mm -hmm. I'll be in the shower and I'll start thinking about things that happened or things that were said or, or, you know, situations along the way over the last year. Have you guys had those situations where, you know, you're sitting there and all of a sudden you think about the fact that someone told you if you had waited another day, it would have been a different outcome or, you know, the, the, the think about the pediatrician saying things that you didn't believe, you know, we talked about kind of the, the guilt there, but but what about those things that came up along the process during chemo, during treatment? How often do you guys flash back on that stuff and how do you manage that? Uh, I don't know. I flash back on it quite a bit. Um, I don't know more or less than her, but it's, I don't know. It's, it's weird. Uh, um, I just try to always stay so positive and, and just keep telling myself where he is now and where he was. And then like when I have a flashback or whatever and, I just, I try to turn it, put a positive spin on it. Like I, you know, when he was so sick out front playing tetherball or whatever, and I'm like, but look at him now, you know? So yeah. just, just, you know, like I said, keep moving forward and, and try to keep my head down and, and just, I think, just remember the good, you know, where we are, Yeah. but on, yeah. don't forget, you know, it's good that you are reminded 
so you know where you've been, you know what I mean, and, and what you've been through. and can appreciate it a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but yeah. for me, that's kind of how I process it. And, you know, sometimes I'm laying there and I'm like, I get so mad, like, why did we even have to get to that point, you know, and, and yeah. I'm just really angry. Um, but then I just say, well, you know, look where we are. It's all good now. Um, so that's all I can do at this point. Yeah. You know, you can't change the past, but. But the future is still scary. And exactly. that's where my and that's, that's another thing is. too. The like, nights are the hardest for me because I was with him um, every night that he, I've always been like, I don't know, typical mom, like the kids come to mommy, they don't wake up daddy. And <laughs> I was with him when he was having the stomach aches and not being able to go to the bathroom and sweaty. And I sometimes um, have like panic attacks at night and I just go in there and I just stick my hand up the back of his shirt to make sure I don't feel night sweats. And the first thing in the morning when he comes in, I, it's constant like, how you feeling buddy? And I always check him. And before he goes to bed, it's like, forehead, back, you Neck. feel good, does your tummy hurt, did you poop today, Yeah. and he's like, why do you keep asking me this, and I'm like, I, I just need I to love know you. if you're good, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, and I, not to be weird about it or anything, but that was such a struggle with him going to the bathroom, so like now when he yells down the hall, I went, and he, you know, yeah, it's, it's like, like that like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, I mean, I know it's that's weird, yeah, it is totally, we but, get it. But it's like, okay, everything's working and everything's doing what it's supposed to. Yeah, it's not weird. Like, that's how it all started, you know. Yeah, and I just sure. remember him, like shaking, trying so hard to go, and he and he couldn't. And then, like, oh, we need some more mirror legs. That's what the doctor says, yeah. you know. And it's like, ah, man, I, I it, it yeah. makes me so mad right now. But anyhow, your mirror legs was our flonase, so I hear <laughs> you. Yeah. Yeah, we came home after because we when we came in, I don't know about you guys, but probably similar. We we went in that night. I was trying to confirm it was. Uh, I, I knew something was wrong, but I was hoping to confirm that it was in fact a sinus infection, like everyone had been telling us. Yeah. And we didn't go home for two and a half weeks. You know, I never set foot in my house for two and a half weeks later. When the first day we walked in, and there was all the flonase and all the the, the, yeah. and the stuff and I mean I'm pretty sure I I just started crying and I think he took it and just threw it. I, came, I came home I would have done that with the mirror locks but we had to hang on to it because of the dang steroids <laughs> I know because oh, no. because because then they actually became something he did me oh uh, yeah yes. he's staring at it like we do with the flonase now because Enzo has an allergy <laughs> yeah uh, but uh at the end of all when he was done with medicine he did ask to throw it away he, he wanted to throw away the leftover prednisone um got just like a few other he had he was on high blood pressure medicine from the chemo it was causing his, so he wanted to just throw it away and i was like just chuck it buddy yeah, yeah. just if you want to dump can. it first you want to just throw it whatever you want to do as hard as you can, yeah. But, yeah can we um because of part of our mission of just finding better treatments you know um safer treatments can you guys just kind of talk about again the chemo what what just what he went through with the drugs that were given him that thank god they exist i mean because right. they saved both right. of our sons and lots yeah. of kids but but the but the hope for them to be better so what 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 the effects were on him um well similar to you guys and i have to thank you for sharing with me that miracle drug from the mucositis. If it weren't for you, I don't think we would have ever 
known about. Yeah. Um, the Palisarmin. And Palisarmin is a miracle. Man. It's a miracle drug. And so maybe we should explain to people that are watching this that are lucky enough not to know what we're talking about. <laughs> what um, mucositis is and what yeah. oh, that was. That was that was another really really hard time for me watching my son pull his hair out, coughing up. Oh. He um. They said he was one of the most severe cases of mucositis that they had seen. And then, you know, they put him on uh, the pain control. Well, we come to find out that he's also allergic to the morphine. It caused a severe, like, itchy reaction, which made him even more rage. And he one day was grabbing my arm and like scratching me saying that you did this to me and I hate you mommy. And that was probably the hardest day other than, you know, getting the diagnosis. That was the it was worst. a lot of hard days, <laughs> but that I remember looking at the nurse just crying yeah. saying like, I don't know what to do for him. And she yeah. said, all you can do is just be here for him because he will get through this. But at the time you're wondering like, when we were on like day 10 and I was like, is this going to ever- mucositis? Yeah. So mucositis, who wants to describe to people what mucositis oh. technically is? I I'm, okay. Cause I, I, so mucositis is a side effect of a couple of the chemo medications that cause- And chemo is a cocktail. Just again, for anyone who doesn't, I mean, it's not just like one drug. There's all sorts of drugs. Everyone is kind of given their specific cocktail with the amounts, the time, how how fast it's infused, for how long. Yeah. There's all sorts of different ways. And one of the main ones is doxorubicin, and I believe uh, Brody was on doxorubicin, correct? He was on doc, and then the high dose methotrexate. They mm -hmm. said methotrexate. Yeah. yeah. Really That's bad. One. And so with that medication, they can have basically ulceration of the entire mucus system. And the mucus system is mouth. To, to anus and the whole anywhere way in between can have ulceration, bleeding, and it causes extreme pain. As Enzo, de Enzo described, it felt like he was eating knives. Um, and so horrible, horrible pain, horrible irritation, very hard to, to manage. Um, and yeah, so a lot of bad, bad, bad side effects from it. Palifermin is a medication that we had learned about. Uh, that is often given to patients that go through uh, mucositis to help counteract the effects. But wasn't, am I, am I correct in saying though that it was a new thing? Uh, it wasn't new, but it was not used commonly in kids. That's what I mean. So maybe, oh, yeah. so I think that's why it wasn't, I don't know why, I don't know even remember because everything is insurance. such a... Your only it's insurance. Really expensive. I, think, I think that's what it had yeah. to do with. And you had to prove that you needed it yes you have to prove you needed it before you they'll give it that's right. right that was yeah, the best one they yeah. would make the kids go through the torture to prove even though they knew it was even though every doctor knew that it was coming insurance company would make the kids go through the torture just to prove that they in fact needed it yeah that was the real that was a real rub that was infuriating yes it was disgusting yeah um, luckily, once the palafermin was palafermin given, I forget now. <laughs> forget. Uh, was they it would do it, was it the before the like two days before. Yes. Right. Yeah. Because then there was the one after. after. There was that. Was that the same one? There was another one. Yeah, right. so that would boost their um, their the white blood cells. Yeah. Okay. I'm so for us, they did the palafermin. So At yeah. first, they did it before and after, and then they had found a, a study that had said, oh, you don't actually have to give it 
both, you can just give it before. That's right, before yeah. as well. And then the one big dose, they didn't even have, we didn't have to come back multiple times. Right. And it was the easiest thing. And it like, it gave him the week break from chemo. Yes. He could actually be home rather right. than being right. sick in, in the hospital. Yes. yes. Yeah, it was amazing. Well, I'm glad it worked out well for Brody as well. Yeah, that was, it was, that was a huge. miracle. That was my first Twitter rant ever, calling out every insurance company. Yeah, they you need to see my son right now. So <laughs> yeah. Come on by. Yeah. yeah. And if they really do want to break it down, like to a money thing, it's cheaper to give them a ten thousand dollar drug than have ten days in the hospital. In patients, like eighty thousand yeah, versus ten. Supportive care staff, the whole. You're right. The whole. Yeah. Not, but you know the the kids and their pain is the main that one. But if they really want to be you know bullies and just look at it from a monetary standpoint, right. it doesn't make any sense. No, it's that's job Vanessa. Way to break that yeah. down to the, to the money aspect because that's what they understand. Right? That's what it is. Yeah, they're just looking at it. So. Yeah. All right. So this is so again. So chemo. So mucositis would be a major major um, issue. What else did Brody? Um, they the told us when they started the chemo, they were going to watch him really closely. And I just lost the name of it. But when the tumor starts to break down super quick, um, I can't, what is it called? I can't think of the name. So, yeah. It breaks uh, down very quick. And then the kidneys and everything have to, has to filter it out. And you yeah, have right. to, you have to, what was it? Yeah. Because if it's, if it's too much, then it can be damaging, right? Yeah. To the kidneys. Because it's literally, yeah, the the chemo breaks it down. There's like a, a, a byproduct, whatever. Yeah, everything left. they're peeing out is yeah. full of, it's, it's, it's the cancer, the tumors, and all the chemo. And yeah. Um, so I remember that first night, just, I didn't sleep. I constantly just kept checking him, and they kept coming in. And I was like, this is very serious. And so once you kind of get over that first hump, and they see how your child's, uh, reacting to the chemo and thank God Brody handled it well and you know all things considered um, it was effective yeah yeah but yeah that that initial dose is you just don't know and you sign away these papers uh, where it's like okay if I don't do it my kid's gonna die and I sign with these side effects that could also just, kill him I'm like what like what do you <laughs> do like you have that was to do so it. hard signing all those papers and, and then the i don't even just, remember what you are talking about because oh. because i i was done <laughs> yeah. after that initial 20 minute shock of not reaction then i was done for a, yeah. for a year now i don't remember yeah i remember our oncologist telling us that um you know it was in a positive way but when he said it it really hit me you know when when they first started the chemo on Enzo, it was in the ICU, and they said, listen, you know, we need to shrink this tumor now because it's blocking his airway. We're going to start him on the chemo, and this is going to work quickly. You're going to see this tumor, in their words, melt away, right? Yeah, and away. same idea, right? Because it's melting away quickly, you have to really watch the kidney function and do all these things. And so to your point of the medications, I'm in the waiting room talking to the oncologist. We had just gotten the good news that the tumor was shrinking. We're really happy. And he said to me, well, you know, the, the chemo medications, they come from the use of mustard gas in the World War. And I said, oh, you me? And he said, yeah, these medications are literally just basically made to be atomic bombs for your body. They just destroy everything. Uh -huh. And it was one of those moments where it just hits you and you go, I just let them put that in my kid. Yes. 
uh, because I didn't have a choice. Right? Exactly. I didn't have yeah. a better, I didn't have a I didn't choice. Have a I didn't have a better choice. Yeah. yeah. And I basically just looked at the side effects as, okay, this is what I need to prepare for and look for. But whether they come or not, like you have to do this. And yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I hear you. So yeah, that was tough. That's the thing. So just the, and I don't know about Brody, but just even since treatment's been over, I mean, Enzo has weird skin issues and he's had to go on like probiotics because of his GI function, like was kind of like, mm. I mean, not the, I mean, meaning like, um, it, it, it tore everything up. I mean, literally yeah. he moves yeah. in there and it just, it's like, like he said, setting off an atomic bomb and it goes off after everything. Luckily it yeah. gets rid of the bad thing, but it affects all the good stuff. And so really trying to find a targeted less, you know, uh, less invasive, less damaging uh, treatments are just so so important because, and as our you know, our, we have we have different primary oncologists. The two our two children, though they rotate in the hospital, but and your guys' primary oncologist was one of our favorites. As yeah, well. she, was awesome. <laughs> she, was, yeah she, was, she was the great like if it couldn't have been our primary like I you know I like her, her being yeah. there, but you know it just. Um, I, I lost my train of thought. I, I, I was going to try to, I was, guys, well, I was going to try to do that. No, yeah. like of the chemo, it's constant, and yeah. we don't know in a year that's, or two or ten. Thing. Oh, like, just the fragility. Know. That's what it was. It was that it just creates a more fragile person. Has, yeah, Brody, yeah. Fragile. has Brody shown side effects that have lingered beyond the chemo that you guys have noticed or not really? I haven't picked anything no. up. He does have, well, not the way he acts, but an imaging, he has lobular kidneys, which they're basically so just his, deformed from the, the tumor. Well, I'm hoping his kidneys get back to a more normal shape. Um, and I, I guess they're, they probably are a little enlarged or inflamed. And then um, another thing that always concerns me is one of the medicines they gave him uh, can have a long-term effect on his heart. Yes. Yeah. So they say, um, like for him, you know, I'm not saying this is what he's going to do or anything, but like lifting heavy weights and stuff probably would be really good for his heart, would be real hard on his heart because of what it's, the type of medicine it's been exposed to. So like running and, and things like that would be more yeah. you know, ideal for him. Uh, so, you know, in my mind, it's, it's, I'm always like worrying about his heart and not that there's anything there or anything like that, but it just, it, just the unknown, you know, and, and just yeah. like, oh, don't, you know, I don't want you working out when you get older, but yeah, I do. In high school, they you know what I mean? That. I don't know. Or it's like, what if he wants to play football and bulk up? Well, no, 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 no. Right, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it continues. I mean, it's not. You yeah, know, it, and it, and as long as it's gone, fine. You know, we'll deal. Right. But but it's not something that just oh great okay now you move on and it's like nothing happened. I mean, right. physically, emotionally, it's 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 life changing and. Um, it's we well did he get an echocardiogram yes yes okay, yeah. Right. yeah and yeah is that the doxy that does that doxy. i think so yeah and luckily they based them on how many doses right and, and, and they have the amount of exposure and yeah. then that will tell them how often they need to check it but yeah i guess every five years he's had two or three and they everything's normal yeah but they'll check them every five years and I just keep telling myself like, okay, he's still so small and his body's still developing. So, and this is just kind of my own defense mechanism or whatever you want to call it. But, uh, you know, his body's so small and he's so young. And like I said, he's developing that, you know, it, it'll, 
be more time for everything to kind of get back to normal. Yeah, you they have age on their uh, side. I don't know if that's sure. even, but it's just something that I, you know, kind of, ah, oh, he'll be all right. He's young enough and he can bounce back and his body's still developing. So, I think it's a good mentality to have, you know, I think that's great. And I I think it's true. I think kids are pretty, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty plastic in their ability. The younger ones. The the teenagers have a, it's it's not as good for the teenagers. And so that's another thing that needs to be addressed is they don't tend to do as well. Um, But, (laughs) but I think one thing that's important, kind of going back to what you guys talked about earlier, which is that after right of you guys going to check on Brody a lot sliding your hand up his shirt I mean when you said that that hit me because every night we check on Enzo's breathing we listen for snoring we hear anything that sounds like snoring we start to worry we start to freak out you know we're constantly watching what he's eating why isn't he eating is he he says he's tired why is he tired yeah yeah why are you (laughs) tired right now yeah why are you tired or my stomach hurts I'm like every morning I'm like are you sweaty yeah. Are you hot? You know? yeah. yeah. Enzo woke up with no, sweat in his armpits yesterday, and we're like, "Is I, it normal? Is I it freaked out. normal?" You I know? freaked out. Um, yeah. So, and I think that's something that. But it's like, like we're in the middle of a heat wave. Exactly. You know, they're gonna but, get. But I don't. Know. Seven outside at eight o'clock in the morning. But I, you know. Yeah. Um, Speaking of, hi. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's I think that's something that not a lot of people talk about, and not a lot of people understand. But it's it's normal right and I think for those of us that have gone through it and I want you I mean like I hear that from you guys and and I take a little bit of a breath because I go okay we're not the only ones that are right that are going normal in this abnormal world that we now live in right no you're definitely not alone (laughs) at all So, and that it's, you know, it's hard, but again, I'll take it, right? I'll, I'll do that every day of my of life if I have to, as of long course. as nothing comes back. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So. I think that's the thing too, um, that people don't think about. And I certainly didn't. You think that when diagnosis during treatment, that's the hardest time. And then once, you know, hopefully you get good news and it's remission and yay. And, and, every, and, and I think it was our primary, I think it was Dr. Agarwal that said, this is going to be a new hard time for you. It's yeah. going to be different, but um, you're going to have your own whole new set of anxieties moving forward because you're not actively treating it anymore. And um, right. yeah. which, and, you know, even though it's awful, at least it's like when you're in a fight, like you feel like you're, you're, you know, and you're getting all the checkups yeah. and there's people around the clock that are checking on them and they're, you know, you, you're getting these confirmations and on and on in the support, and then you go home. Thank God you go home, and you want to go home, and you have the news you wanted, but then it's like home. it just yeah. then the worry, yeah. starts. then the worry, the whole new worry starts. And yep. So I know I'm still there, and I know I'll be there. I just know me. I'll and I, <laughs> I'll just always be there. It's an it's a new normal. There's no sucks. We were I was. One of the things I was going to kind of ask you was, you know, life before this and then life after this and how, how it's changed and beyond, I mean, beyond the obvious, but you know, just how it's changed to let people know, like how, how things are different. I feel like I appreciate the kids a lot more, even like the fighting. I'm like, I'm just glad that you're here and you guys are bugging the crap out of each other. (laughs) Yeah. But you're here, and we're together as a family, and um, every day, like, I know people talk about, 
you know, every day is a gift. And I really try and savor at least a moment in the day to find something just to be thankful for. Even just the mundane, like breakfast, school, you know, work, <laughs> trying to juggle it all. I'm like, I'm just glad that we're all here together doing such this. a gift because yeah. that wasn't how it was for several months. I mean, just, just being yeah. home, right. Just being yeah. able to be at your house is like such a huge privilege yeah. and yeah. Um, yeah. And appreciating every day for sure. It, it's a nice thing to say. And I think everyone gets, you know, you only know what you know, you have only have the perspective in life of your own experiences. Um, but once you've gone through something like this, it really, it really has so much more meaning um, yeah. every day and every, just every little thing. I, I don't know about you, but I, I just live, I live like hour to hour, day to day. That's how I, I lived know. in the hospital. It was like five minutes at a time, just, okay, let's get through this next dose or this next procedure or just the night. And yeah. And now I don't, I'm, I was wishing the time to go faster then. And now I wanted to slow it down because I just want to enjoy him being healthy. Yeah. And because you just don't know what, what else can happen for any of us, like right. all of our health. There are no guarantees. Yeah. Nothing. But when you're shown it this way, it's a real, it's a real eye opener. I mean, it's a real, um, yeah, I don't know. It's like, I can't, I still, I still will say, and I was never somebody who didn't think something like this could happen um, to me. I never had that mentality. I mean, even when I was a teenager, being dumb and invincible. But, you know, beyond that, <laughs> I've never thought like, you know, I, I'm, oh, it could never happen to me. Oh, no. I've, I've always been the opposite. And then it does. And I just, I still just, you kind of wonder I just can't why. believe it. I still, but I can't, but I still can't believe it. Like, I didn't think it couldn't happen, but oh my gosh, it happened. Yeah, yeah. it did. It did. Oh, oh my yeah. god! Oh my! Oh my gosh! You know, it's just, mm -hmm. it's just, it's, it's hard to, hard to put into words. And so, in a podcast, I guess that's a problem. But <laughs> it's hard to put totally into words. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess, I mean, what if there was just? I, it's hard to say one, but just if there was one thing that each of you could share about this with people who don't haven't been through this who don't know much about it who maybe you know if they're going through their life and they're wanting to donate to there's a lot of nonprofits out there there's a lot of very needy causes out there where people can can donate their hard-earned money what is one thing that you each would want somebody out there who is considering donating to an organization like Enzo and me what was one thing you want them to know about why really why they should I mean, these are kids. They've got their whole yeah. lives ahead of them. And the fact that they're getting hit with such a, a huge blow at such a young age, it's like, it's not fair for anyone to deal with cancer, yeah. but yeah. like, they just have so much to still live for. And, and they can, because they're so strong that mm -hmm. with more research, I, they've really dialed in blood cancer yeah. Um, and I think that they can do more and help more kids. And if you can catch it, like, I don't know if it, if he would have had a different, I mean, his outcome was still good. He's in remission, but would it have been a different stage? Would it have been less invasive right. if you catch it sooner? And I think there needs to be more awareness for, um, pediatricians and, um, 
and just families just knowing to advocate like don't like, not that you don't want to distrust the doctors but trust do your, your gut. research and you trust know, like, your like gut. you said you just trust your gut and uh you know don't don't be afraid to speak your mind and, yeah. and stand up to these doctors not not to be disrespectful or you know doubt them but say no i, I want just i want questions. some more tests you know and you know if it doesn't seem right hey let them know yeah. and, and right. don't don't be afraid to you know even if you look like a you know an a-hole or whatever just you know it's your kid you know yeah. a kid yeah. and and you know, I, I, like I said, I, I told you in the beginning, I wish I would have been firmer with a lot of them. And I feel like nothing happened until we got firm with them. And like that one ER visit, I wish I was there for that. She had taken My him. mom even, yes. I wish I was there for that because I, I can tell you right now, it would have been a totally different ball game because I, yeah, at that point I was about to lose my mind. Not the one at show, but before yeah, yeah, yeah. it was one of the leading, leading up, up to that because, yeah. you know, it, yeah, it, we had already been down that road and to, to hold the mirror lax, you know, we keep going right. back to that damn mirror lax, but anyhow, sorry, I'm getting off topic. But, but yeah, well, these kids yeah. just have so much fight in them and they need yeah. to be given the chance. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, more willingness to test, you know, I nobody wants to test for this stuff, you know, I get that, but you need to be more willing to, Hey, let's do a couple more tests and yeah, let's look a little deeper into this just to, I think there needs to be a little bit more of that attitude instead of brushing things off so much. Yeah. And, well, and with blood, what we learned, you know, with, with blood cancer, which lymphomas are, um, yeah. leukemias for anyone who maybe doesn't understand what that means, uh, staging isn't as important with, uh, outcome, um, in our, on situations it was secondary things though that were really the problem um but a lot of the cancers behave more well, i'm not an oncologist but the outcomes do play uh, or the, the staging does really play and have an effect on the outcome so when these pediatricians aren't just doing a simple blood test aren't doing a simple image right you are i mean you are reducing outcomes you are you yeah, are, yeah. You are, changing, you are it's a game changer yeah yes so uh, as far as how much exposure they're going to need to chemo uh you know everything and, and, what they go through much farther it's yeah. going to get you know and exactly how much uh, more how much more torture they had to go through how many more how many you know, procedures enzo was on a breathing tube for i know a, you a know week. i mean treating something much more manageable he wouldn't have had that he wouldn't have yeah. had it a month or uh, and, and I know, you know, it's always shoulda, yeah. coulda, woulda, you know, what if and all that. And, but yeah, it's just bringing awareness, bringing more awareness, you know, and, and, and more testing availability, I guess. I, I don't know. Well, like and, and I always said, you know, and I said this to one of them, I said, what's the harm in doing another test? What's the harm in looking? Right. Because what's the worst right. that happens for you? It comes back negative and you go, see, everything's yep. fine. And we yeah. go, great. Right. Yeah, I, I don't that, care if it makes me look like a, a worried parent yeah. and, you right. know, makes me look like some crazy person. Whatever. So, yeah. it, you know, I, make me I look don't crazy. Care. I don't I'll, care. Still, I'll sleep better that night. I get, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I so. feel like with adults, they're much more willing. And this might be oversharing, but I now have a total fear that I'm going to get cancer. So any little <sighs> off thing, I go to the doctor now and I just went last week and I was like, what if I have ovarian cancer? I just want to get checked. And she said, let's do an ultrasound. If it gives you peace of mind, we'll do it. And I got it and everything's totally fine. But I was like, 
that was so easy. Why couldn't they have done yeah, that for would, Brody? Yeah. yeah. Just because like, they just, it, it, you know, it's rare. Yeah. Kids, and, well, until it happens to your kid. Yeah. certainly not very rare anymore and quite frankly what 43 kids a day being diagnosed with cancer um in this country when they're just little i mean most of the other they're just children they shouldn't this shouldn't be happening and, and 43 is too much so i don't i don't know who would throwing statistics at children and number game at children is pretty sick so um yeah. you know like you said they're just starting out their lives and they deserve the best chance and so you know we just hope to we're just trying to do our part <laughs> to try yeah. to make it better for all families, for all, for all children that, you know, yeah. the ones that are going to face this and they don't know it yet. That, <laughs> that I mean, I, I don't, yeah. I don't wish, I mean, I wish no parent ever has to go through that. Yeah. What we've been through. I, I really do from the bottom of my heart. I would never, ever, I wish we could just wipe it out and, and no parent would ever have to experience that. Cause that is just horrible. I'd love to word, wipe the words pediatric cancer out completely <laughs> yes. where they yeah. can't go together, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and no, I think it's one of those things where I've you know, told a lot of people this in med school, you learn about horses and zebras, right? And that you don't look for the zebras amongst the horses because they're rare. But I feel like with so much pediatric cancer, people pretend there are no zebras right it's just the, the, this thing these things don't exist they're fine it's fine he's everything's four. fine it's okay you know? there's no issues it's rare that kids get cancer he's constipated but oh he's got a sinus infection still exist they're still yeah. there that you just you, you can't yeah you can't look for them but you also can't ignore them exactly so, yeah you know that's kind of the the piece of our mission that is kind of raising education and awareness and trying to go to these pediatricians and say listen if a parent comes to you and says i'm concerned just do the test. Yeah. Yep. Just they know it. their kid. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what they told us at show. You know your kid better than anyone. And I wish that the pediatricians that we had seen would have had that same mindset. You and they are the I mean, you would it's it's shocking. And especially again, I mean, I was never at the doctor with Enzo. I wasn't not that it would not that I don't believe it should it would even matter. You still have to treat everybody <laughs> with the same courtesy, but it's not like I was in there every other week. Oh, I think something's wrong. Oh, this, that, right. you know, like some no, we were, we were rare. I mean, he went in for his vaccines. He went in, uh, for like the check. I mean, he, we were never there. Yeah. So, uh, until this, until the few months leading up to this, when I was there and speaking to that person much more than I ever wanted to, um, and being mistreated and, um, yeah. So that's just what we're trying to do here is just, um, let everybody know, get a little inside view of what really goes on and just how important it is because these these kids just they're the best yeah some of, the, some of the most amazing kids on that floor just amazing people and the way that they kind of come together and just befriend each other even though they're in like the most horrible uh circumstance they're still just kids they want to go play in the playroom and play xbox and do play-doh with each other and they should be doing those things at preschool mm -hmm. not yeah not inside self yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah they've done nothing not that again nobody deserves cancer i don't care what you've done in your life what choices you've made i don't care but children haven't they haven't even made it questionable choices i mean that you know there's just you can't they just simply don't deserve it yeah and so we just want to try to, I, one day, I just feel like one day 
it's all going to be treatable and it will just become something that's like, okay, something that happens, but like high you, blood pressure you treat it yeah and exactly it and it's not it's not, it's, not a, it's not it's not what it currently can be which i can't even say out loud mm -hmm. you'll be fine you just have to manage it and that's yeah. that's really my my hope i'm not a scientist i'm not a researcher but i just want to try to give those people help to give those people what they need to make that a reality because that's yeah. really my my hope my dream Oh, we don't want to take too much more of your guys' time, <laughs> the amount of time that you guys have yeah. given us so far. But just to finish off, just I really want you guys to tell us how Brody's doing now, yeah. how you guys are doing now, what you have looking forward to in the future. Uh, COVID actually lets us go. Oh, wait, it finally came uh, up. Yeah. COVID. <laughs> <laughs> not to talk about it. that doesn't exist either. Uh, so what, how's Brody doing now? How are you guys doing now? And um, what are you looking forward to in the future? um i want to get good yeah. no he's doing awesome <laughs> it's almost like this was just a little blip in his road and um yeah. he like literally even just went back they say you know your hair can come back different i'm like he looks exactly the same luckily as i mean not that it would have mattered at all no no, no not at all but i'm like <laughs> yeah people I that mean, see him now you know, I still picture, yeah. I'm picturing him now as he is now, but I still picture that little baldy Q-tip and he was adorable when his hair was gone too. And that's still my vision of him. And I feel like I walk around sometimes, you know, when they are bald and people see him with their bog masks on and it's, there's a child with cancer. And now he looks totally normal and no one would ever know. But to me, I feel like I still have a sign on that says my child had cancer and we've come back from this and look at him now and um but to him it's like he just wants to get on with all he life. wants to do is ride his bike yeah <laughs> you know he's just in, ready to go 100 miles an hour all the time he's so. on or off yeah being you know it's so hard for me to use the word but a normal five-year-old yeah. yeah. right like he's yeah. not a normal five-year-old the things he's been through People will never understand, but he just right. wants to be a normal kid, right? Yeah. Like that's what he wants to do. He just wants to be a kid. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, it. that's amazing. Hundred percent. Yeah. Well, we're really, really happy that he's doing well. Yes. You know, listening to this conversation, I have to tell you guys, you're amazing parents. You guys have done. <laughs> Thank you. You guys are yeah. too. And um, hearing what you guys went through and, and juggling everything you guys yeah. juggled, I am so impressed, and I have I had enough respect for you guys as it was already, <laughs> and I have even more respect for you now. Um, yeah. I can't wait till we can actually hang out and have yeah. a beer together. I know, yeah. Brody keeps talking yeah. about hanging out with Enzo. Yeah. He's like, so once COVID's done, I was like, yes, then he's like, we can go boating together. Yes, we will. Whatever they want to do. Yeah, that's they, what I say. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. More than earn that, right? Uh -huh. yeah, for the next 50 years, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm gone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then after I'm gone, he doesn't have to ask permission anymore. <laughs> do you, buddy? Yeah. Do you? Exactly, yeah. Well, thank you guys. Yes. We really appreciate you taking you. the time. Yeah, Thanks thank you for everything else. you're doing. Anything else you'd like to add? Just love you guys. Yeah. We love you too, and we can't wait to see you once it's all, yeah. everything's safe. And uh, I mean, I drive down Bollinger all the time, and we always think about you guys. Yeah. Brody always talks. We see Bollinger School, and that's where Enzo goes. Oh, and so um, it's just crazy that we live so close to you, and then this whole experience going through it basically together. Yeah. Same night. Yeah, Same it's night. crazy. Yeah. Well, 
I look forward to our future friendship. Yes, and there you go. Like, like, no, in normal terms. No, normalcy <laughs> yeah. that will come yeah. forward. Yeah, exactly. Yes. All right. Thanks, awesome. guys, right, so guys. much. Thank we you. appreciate it. Now forget you. this. We have this conversation and all, and go back to just having <laughs> a good night. It's just that easy, right? Yeah. I know, oh, yeah. right? Just turn it off. Yeah, just turn it off. <laughs>